Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. This week, we'll be talking with a representative of the Blinded Veterans Association about some of the services and resources that they provide to veterans. Joe Bogart is the executive director of the Blinded Veterans Association and also the first legally blind soldier to return to combat duty since the Civil War. We'll hear about both his personal story and what his organization does. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip is about keeping up your spirits when faced with sudden vision loss. I would guess that having one of these traumatic injuries, particularly for someone who's in the military, is really a big life-changing event. I mean, these men and women are in the best of physical shape and good mental shape and used to being very active. And then all of a sudden they realize that there's something they can't do. And it may seem for some of them like life is almost over. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what these services mean to people in terms of opening up opportunities in their lives and showing them that, you know, you really can be a wholehearted member of society. One of the sayings we like to say with a lot of our members is, we may have lost our eyesight, but we haven't lost our vision. We've had members who have been severely burned, who have lost body parts, and they've lost their eyesight. We've had members who've gone on despite being severely, severely injured in airplane crashes, despite being burned in combat. We've had veterans who were exposed to Agent Orange and develop health issues later in life. We had members who were injured in training exercises on ships in the Navy, and they've lost eyesight but they didn't lose their vision. They may have been severely, severely depressed. They may have lost their families. They may have lost their homes. They may have not known where to turn, but then they start finding there's others that are still able to do things. They've learned that I'm going to learn Braille or I'm going to learn these adaptive technologies. I'm still going to read. I'm still going to learn. We've had Members of our organization go on and get advanced degrees. We've had members of our organization receive their doctorates. We've had members of our organization become counselors. We've had members of our organization become leaders in the civilian community, in banks, in universities, in rehabilitation, within our own organization, and out in their own personal communities. Because They didn't lose their vision. They've only lost their eyesight. That's a great attitude that you can show people that there really is life after one of these life-changing injuries. There are other ways of accomplishing what you want to do. And that's one of the reasons we've been doing this show for nearly eight years now is to show people that there are other ways of doing things. There are different technologies and blind people all over the world can participate in rewarding and fun professional careers despite being visually impaired. And it's even beyond that. It's all an attitude of how you look at things. One of my closest friends, Staff Sergeant retired Daniel Barnes. 
Dan Barnes lost both of his legs in Iraq about a month before I lost my eyesight. But he'd never let it slow him down. Even though he's in a wheelchair, he still gets around. And him and I would have conversations where he would look at me and he'd go, I can't imagine trying to go on with losing my eyesight. Because he would say, Dan would tell me after stating that he can't imagine how I went on with losing my eyesight because he could still get in his truck and drive. He could still go wherever he wanted to go. Me, I would look at him and go, you learn how to deal with that, but you're sitting in a chair day in and day out. I'm able to get up and go run somewhere with my wife. I'm able to walk where I want to go. I can still stand up and reach things off the high shelf. So we would each look at the other one and be thankful for what we still had. It was a way of looking at things and looking at life and being thankful for what we had. Everybody has their own challenges to deal with in life. And as you say, it's a matter of how you deal with those challenges. Yes. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by... Way Around, revolutionizing how people with vision loss keep track of important information about everyday things with the tap of a smartphone. The simple tag and scan system promotes independence in everyday situations. Learn more at www.wayaround.com. Let's start by meeting Joe and learning about his experience in the military. It's quite a story. My name is Joe Bogart. I am a retired U.S. Army major. I served 28 years in the military, both in the National Guard and active duty. Currently, I am the executive director for the Blinded Veterans Association. I've been a member of the Blinded Veterans Association since 2007. And this came about after I was wounded in Iraq in 2006. I gather you lost your vision due to that injury. In 2006, I lost my right eye to an improvised explosive device in Iraq that also caused the force of the blast threw me into some equipment in my vehicle, which then caused blunt trauma to fracture my forehead, my nose, my cheeks, and caused blunt trauma damage to my left eye, left me without a lens, left me with glaucoma, left me permanently dilated, left me with about a 20-degree field of vision with blind spots in the middle of it and around it. And with corrective lenses, I can get to around 2040, 2050 range. But that's, again, that's fixed at whatever the lenses are. That's not able to be adjustable with a lens on the eye. But you continued to serve in the military after that, right? I stayed in the Army after being blinded. And in 2008, I went back into ground combat, back to Iraq. We believe I was the first legally blind soldier to go back into ground combat since the Civil War. Wow. And they let you do that? In order to go back into theater, I had to be able to qualify with a firearm, and I was able to qualify with a pistol with the Army to go, and that was the key. And what was your assignment? I stayed on the compound. I did a lot of other jobs that needed to be done on the compound. There's a lot of support roles to support those in ground combat, and I did a lot of that. 
I was a captain at the time, and I was coordinating logistics on the compound for the unit. I was helping plan missions, coordinate missions, do operations tasks. And But during that time, um, there was one time they had me go outside of the wire. And while I was out there, that's when I, it really dawned on me that it's not my life that I'm putting at risk or my health and safety. I was putting at risk. I was putting others, the other troops that were out there with me at risk, even though the men and women I served with in my unit knew they knew they were with me when I was wounded the first time they knew what I could and couldn't see. But it was whenever we were around other soldiers and service members that didn't know. So they were the ones I was putting at risk. Were your fellow troops supportive, resentful, something in between? They were very supportive. Everyone was very, very supportive. They were consistently watching out for me. I had friends that would, you know, help me get to and from work. When I wasn't deployed, I had to get to, I had to get to work. I'd never had a problem finding people that wanted to give me a ride wherever I needed to go. I had leaders that looked up to me, uh, both subordinate and and uh, senior ranking personnel admired what I'd gone through, what I was still trying to do. And many people were amazed at what I was doing. I'm not the only blinded veteran who stayed in the service. I was just the only one that went back to combat. And many of the guys and gals that I, I've served with wish they could have done the same. Did you feel like your safety was impaired with such a narrow field of view? The nice thing about it is, as anybody who's been to blind rehab understands that you you learn to quickly catalog and remember things around you. You learn to understand what if you're on your routes, what you're listening for, what you're looking or what you're going to see with your what you have for vision. So I was able to use a lot of my residual vision. I was able to use a lot of my other senses to make sure I understood my surroundings. It was very rare I went anywhere by myself when I was over there. I hid my cane. I, I left my guide dog at home. Did I feel that I was putting myself at risk? No, it was more that I was putting others at risk. So I was curious. You talked about using a guide dog and a cane while you were at home and special corrective lenses. Are there any other assistive devices that you use in your work or at home? When I was first wounded, um, yes, I was slowly uh, learning which ones worked best for me. So some of the stuff I got, I had Zoom text. And for our listeners who don't know, that's a program that enlarges everything on your computer screen. Yes, yes. I'm a PC user, so Microsoft become very good with their ingrained magnifier tool, and it is now able to do everything that Zoom text could do for me. I didn't need the text-to-speech version. I also was able to use a larger monitor. The Army was very good at helping me acquire a, a 37-inch computer monitor that I had on my desk to help me see the documents I needed to work on. And I had this both when I was still stationed stateside um, for many years. And then even when I deployed, I was able to get one downrange in Iraq to be able to do the work I needed to do. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. This week's focus topic is the services provided by the Blinded Veterans Association. So can you start us off with 
giving a quick summary of the history of the Blinded Veterans Association? Absolutely. The Blinded Veterans Association was founded in 1945 by a group of about 100 World War II veterans at Avon Farms, Connecticut. In 1948, we were instrumental in persuading the VA, the Department of Veterans Affairs, into founding the first Blind Rehabilitation Center in Chicago, Illinois. And this was at the Heinz VA facility. This was because the Army was getting away from the care for the blinded veterans that had been wounded in combat, and we needed to make sure we still had care. When you say they were getting away from handling blinded veterans, you meant they sent them to outside services instead of keeping them inside the VA? Well, at that time, there was nothing in the VA for a blind rehabilitation service. Got it. So we were instrumental in helping the VA create that program. In 1958, we were chartered by Congress. So we are the only congressionally chartered veteran service organization specifically for blinded veterans to advocate and educate on their behalf within Congress and the VA. There are many other organizations that advocate on behalf of veterans, but we are the one that's specifically there for the blinded veteran. What is your relationship to the Veterans Administration itself? It's pretty interesting how our relationship works with the VA. There are many things that we do with them. One, we work with them hand-in-hand here in uh, the D.C. area to make sure that accessibility is there for our veterans for online or print versions for their claims. We have a special team that helps advocate on their behalf, that helps helps veterans with claims and helps them navigate the VA system. Uh, That is an entire program we have. It's our field services program. We are currently working over 300 claims and 180 appeals right now for blinded veterans. We also have uh, a quality assurance program where we have a, uh, a member of that same team that I was just talking about who goes to all the different blind rehabilitation centers and visor clinics, the outpatient rehabilitation clinics that are around the country. There's 13 blind rehab centers, and I believe there's nine uh, outpatient rehab centers in the country. So every year, he's going to one or the other of those. And he makes sure that they have the capacity to do the blind rehab that's needed to be done, that they have the tools, the proper tools on hand, that they have the certifications, that they have the right ratio. Because when you're doing blind rehabilitation services, uh, the ACP-REP standard is a one-to-one instructor-to-student ratio. And we have corrected blind rehabilitation centers with the VA that did not match that ratio. With the Blinded Veterans Association being located in Washington, D.C., can blinded veterans in other parts of the country participate? Absolutely. We have regional groups all around the country. And those regional groups are, the, are what really makes us tick because every state has a regional group. In some cases, some states have multiple regional groups. Some states that are a little less populous have banded together. And they may have a teleconference where they get together and they talk about things. They may have a chance where they get together and have a luncheon. So the regional groups are what drive the organization because they get together. 
they elect their representatives that come to our national convention, and they become the governing body of the organization that elects our board, which then gives the board guidance. The board then gives me, the executive director, guidance on how the organization needs to move forward over the next year and plan it for the future years. So the regional groups out in the community are where blinded veterans get to really make a difference. So what types of functions is the Blinded Veterans Association involved in? We work with the director of Blind Rehabilitation Services here in the Washington, D.C. area to make sure that they have what they need to help partner with them. Um, They hold their annual conference in conjunction with our national convention to allow them to get together and for us to have a good communication and see face-to-face the different uh, visual impairment services team leaders, the blind rehabilitation service, outpatient service leadership, to meet the blind veterans that live in their same areas to make those connections, to facilitate that collaboration that needs to happen. And another thing we do on behalf of our members and with the VA is we help go to Congress, along with the other veteran service organizations, to make sure the VA has what it needs to take care of our veterans. We testify every year to the Veterans Affairs Committee, uh, the House and Senate committees, to make sure that they understand where we think they need to emphasize help for the VA. So there's a lot of things we do for our veterans, for our blinded veterans, with the VA. That's cool. What else are you working on? Another program that we do is we help advocate for blind research and vision research and eye research. We work with uh, AVAR and NIVAR to make sure that DOD vision research is funded as well as other grants are funded in order to help mitigate the damages due to eye injuries, to help repair lost vision, as well as advocate for safety on the battlefield or even allow medics to do care on the battlefield even better to help save vision as opposed to having to then later repair it. Can you give us an idea of about how many members you have or some idea of how many blinded veterans there are in the country? The BVA has approximately 7,500 active members at this time. We serve a total of, there's around 42,000 veterans getting care within the uh, VA system for visual impairment to the point that they're seen by the VISTS, the Visual Impairment Services team, and the, and the BROS, the uh, Blind Rehabilitation Outpatient Services, or they're getting care at blind rehabilitation centers throughout the country. And there's hundreds of thousands more who are seen every year by optometrists and ophthalmologists who have visual needs that are starting to deteriorate. So more as veterans age, their eyesight can uh, worsen, as with any putty out there. As you age, your eyesight tends to go a little bit. That does sound common. <laughs> it, it is common. It is common to happen. So we help all that. We, Whether you're a member or not, we're advocating for any, any veteran who's lost eyesight. And in many cases, we're partnering with other veteran service organizations to uh, advocate on behalf of all veterans. So to be eligible for your services, 
somebody would just need to be a veteran with significant vision loss, but not necessarily incurred in the line of duty. Our veteran services team and our field services department help anybody who is a veteran. However, they specialize in those that have eyesight issues. So whether you're a member or not, we will help you. To qualify to be a member, the general qualifications are on our website at www.bva.org under the tab Membership. And the basic qualifications that we have on that website are as follows. Who is qualified to be a member of the BVA? Any person that has been or is in the armed forces of the United States shall be eligible if he or she has sustained impairment of sight or vision which is defined as essential visual acuity of 2200 or less in the better eye with corrective lenses or a visual field restriction of no greater than 20 degrees or less in the better eye. Now, for any of our other programs that we have, for example, we have an Operation Peer Support Program. This program was initially targeting our younger generation of blinded veterans that are coming out of the post-9-11 conflicts. That has since began to expand. It is starting to include veterans of other eras. They have something going on in this program just about every month around the country. What kinds of activities do they get involved in? Most recently, we had five blinded veterans kayak, solo kayak, mind you, the Colorado River, 226 miles. That's quite an accomplishment. It is a very, very amazing accomplishment. The blinded veteran who organized this trip has done it several times himself, solo kayak. We have had members participate in this program, hike the last 74 miles of the Appalachian Trail this past summer. We have participated in the Bataan Death March. We've ran marathons. We've done ski trips. We've done fishing trips. We've done hunting trips. What other initiatives do you have? One of the other programs within our Operation Peer Support Program is where we partner with Blinded Veterans UK under a program called Project Gemini. Project Gemini was named for the transatlantic cable between the U.S. and the United Kingdom. What this program does is it brings together blinded U.S. veterans with blinded veterans of the United Kingdom, and now we've also begun partnering with uh, blinded veterans in South Africa. Under the idea that we fought together, we should heal together. We timed this episode of Eyes on Success to air the week of Veterans Day, initially called Armistice Day, to celebrate the ending of World War I. And it is a day on which Americans honor our veterans, and we would like to thank all veterans for their service, whether or not they've suffered a visual loss. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the Blinded Veterans Association, how to get involved in their programs, how to take advantage of some of their services, etc. If people are interested in finding out more about the Blinded Veterans Association or participating in some of your organization's activities, where would you send them? I would tell them to go to our website, www.blindedveterans.org. 
That's B as in blinded, V as in veterans, A as in association.org. And take a look at it. We have many things to offer up there. We have programs, ways to support the BVA, news, events, how to become a member, about the BVA, history about us, resources. And also there's a really big red donate button in the top right of the screen if someone wants to donate and support us as a 501c3 nonprofit. I've been to your website. It's got a very impressive list of resources, and they're very easy to find. Thank you. Other ways people can get a hold of us is they can call us on our 800 number, 1-800-669-7079. And our receptionist works on normal business hours on Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. And can direct your call as need be. And we also have a Facebook page. And just look for us on Facebook at Blind and Veterans Association. So you talked about the interactions between the Blinded Veterans Association and the Veterans Administration. Do you know their web address if people want to go directly to them to look at their services? So to find out more about Blind Rehabilitation Services, then people will need to go to www.rehab.va.gov slash blind rehab. And something that I really want to make sure I tell people is if you are a veteran, an honorably serving veteran, and you have lost eyesight, you are eligible for support from the VA. You are eligible for support from the VA Blind Rehab. And they may have had some bad press for some sort of stuff in the past, but the rehab is top. It is setting the standard across the country for how to take care of our veterans. And they've revamped it immensely since I lost my eyesight in 2006. The programs that they have are tailored to the veteran. They bring you in, they assess your needs, and after they've assessed your needs, they tailor a program specifically to address goals that you have as a veteran to go on and do great things and to live a normal life. That's fantastic. What a great note to end on. And as usual, if you missed any of that contact information or URLs in the audio portion of the show, you can find it all in the show notes associated with this episode on our website at www.eyesonsuccess.net. I also want to remind people that you can now listen to Eyes on Success on your smart home device by simply saying, play Eyes on Success podcast. So check it out and let us know how you like that feature. That's it for show number 1846. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about making connections with amateur radio. Mike Duke is the director of a radio reading service, but his avocation is ham radio, and he's been actively involved for decades since he was a youth. And we will talk with him about the changes in the technology and his involvement and some wonderful experiences that he's had working with amateur radio. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. 
You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.